In, in your precious name, Jesus, amen. So as I was saying, we have uh, chapter eight, Organizing Christian Forces, and that's in the book Christian Service by Ellen White. So Organizing Christian Forces, uh, we're doing the outreach uh, Sabbath today. So we're going down to feed the homeless and the, <clears throat> the hungry. And most churches do have a homeless ministry uh, sometime they'll have a youth ministry. Do you think that's enough or can we do more to assist people with Christian service? Anybody have thought on that? Can we still do more than just homeless ministry and youth ministry? Was pointed out in our lesson that time is short. And our forces must be organized to do a larger work. So while we are doing homeless ministry, <clears throat> when you think about it, some of our churches are small. Maybe they have uh, less than 100 members. So there's only so much that they can do in their own strength. But God is asking us to do more through his strength. And we know that through Christ, we can do all things. So if our homeless ministry reaches, say, 50 people, then we want to try and improve on it, increase it, maybe pick up some more areas to go to, maybe do some more advertising for volunteers, uh, maybe even get involved with getting grants to help the homeless or to help our ministry so that our organization will be become larger and serve more people. And of course, it's good to serve one or two people, but it's even better if you can serve more people who need those type of services, whatever your, um, whatever type of services you're providing. Any thoughts on increasing our services or larger work? Okay, and then it talks about the formation of small companies, the formation of small companies as a basis of Christian effort has been presented to uh, the prophet by God. And she points out there should be in every church well-organized companies of workers to labor in the vicinity of that church. And there's a couple of things that we want to be uh, focused on there. It says, let there be in every church. So every church has a responsibility to be organized for service for the Lord. So you, no church has any right to say, oh, we only have 10 members, so we're not going to do it. And no church has a right to say we have a thousand members. There's no way we can organize that many people. Every church has a responsibility to be organized for service. And if your church is not organized for service or mission, evangelism, then what's the point? That's just a social club then where people can come and chat and laugh and play and go home. But when we're organized for service, then it means we're reaching out to the community in behalf of Christ, in behalf of just giving someone that cold drink of water that he spoke about or clothing or visitation or whatever. But unless we're organized for service, then we're not doing God's work. It's kind of like that. Any thoughts on that? <clears throat> And then also the second thing that it points out says, let there be in every church well-organized companies of workers to labor. So once again, if you have an a, um, outreach program 
or a ministry, Bible study ministry, then it should be well organized. You know, do you think you would like it if people went out in your name and they all haphazard and slipshod about things, just throwing stuff together at the last minute? And I know that I have experienced that in my Christian experience. I have experienced where the missionary people or the outreach groups or departments or whatever, they don't really plan. Comes through the first of the year, they get elected, you know, at the end of the year. And then the first of the year, they don't sit down and make any plans for the year. They don't get the people together, uh, the volunteers together to come up with any plans. And then maybe a day shows up and it's a nice sunny day. And they say, oh, after church, we're going out for outreach today. No planning, no organizing. Just jump up and try and do something. And that's not going to accomplish much at all. The point being, God is organized and he does everything decently and, and in order. And that's how he wants us to be as well. So if we're not if we're not organizing in every church and being a well-organized company of, of laborers, then again, we're doing a disservice to God. So think about if you were at your office and I come to your office where you work and, and you got paper thrown all over the desk and there's nobody there to greet me. There's no chairs for anybody to sit on. And when I speak to you, you don't know really what you're talking about. What kind of an impression is that going to make? And that's what we have to be careful of with our churches. What type of impression are we making for Christ? Any comments on that? Yeah, most definitely. Um, we serve a God of order and disorganization drives me insane. I will not join a group or anything unless there's strong leadership. And um, it's because it's very frustrating. It's a waste of everyone's time. And it and it also is a terrible witness. You pretty when you're not organized and you're moving in God's name, you're really working for the enemy. Mm. Have mercy. That's very true. Uh, and I appreciate that you said it's a time waster. You know, people, all of us only have uh, we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day, but nobody knows when their life is going to be up. So we have a short, uh, limited amount of time to do God's will. And if you're, if you're not organized, like you said, you're just wasting people's time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. And I'll tell you, I don't appreciate anybody wasting my time because I've already got a lot going on that I'm already doing. And then if I'm going to join your effort, that's taken away from something else I could be doing. So I don't mind joining groups, like you said, organized, because if you're going to waste my time, I have better things to do. And, and I really like that you point out that's a terrible witness for God. You know, that's that's our entire calling is to be a witness for Christ. And if we're doing a terrible job of it, then it's just a shame. It's sad. It's a shame. And Christ is not pleased with us being uh, poor witnesses. And you think about when you go to uh, when you go out to eat at a restaurant, you don't want a restaurant that doesn't look like they sweep up or clean the place and the waiters just dress any kind of way and, you know, unsanitary. Nobody wants to go there. It's a poor witness. You want to go to a nice place, clean, you know, looks looks like they take good care of it and they serve good quality food. It's the same thing with our church departments. Whatever we call ourselves doing, we need to do it properly, well thought out and planned and organized. 
Otherwise, uh, we shouldn't do it at all. If you can't do it right, don't do it at all. That's kind of the motto that I have. If you can't do it right, don't do it at all. Now, of course, you might be doing uh, things decently and in order, and you're not to the capability or the quality that you aim for, but you do have a goal in mind to get to that high quality and to that high organization level. Uh, so there's a difference between just growing into something and just not caring at all. And we want to be sure that we start out small, but we continue to grow. We continue to do better. Think about how many times you had a church do a program. They do it the first year and the program doesn't really turn out as well. I mean, they thought it out, they planned it, but they didn't get the turnout they wanted. And then they don't do it the next year. They just give up and throw in the hat. And then you see another group and they come out the first year, they get a small turnout, but they say, hey, we got a small turnout this year. What can we do to improve for next year? How can we become more organized? How can we serve better quality items? How can we provide uh, more enjoyable activities? And then they grow. The next year, more people come. They keep growing and uh, more people and more people come. That's how, you, that's how it's supposed to work in God's church. We don't want to just give up, you know, but we always want to aim for that higher level. And then the third thing it says in that uh, part, it says, let there be in every church, we talked about that, let there be well-organized companies of laborers. And then it says in the vicinity of that church. Why do you think that's important that it says in the vicinity of that church, where, wherever your church is, that's where you should be laboring at. Why can't we just labor across the country? Maybe I'm here, I live in St. Louis, I have a church in St. Louis, but I wanna, I wanna labor in California. How does that sound? Well, we're in the uh, communication age, digital age, like programs like this can, can go everywhere. So that can be a service to somebody in Jamaica, you know, or New York or wherever. But as far as physical labor, the church is supposed to be a beacon in their community, particularly in black communities. The church has always been the spot for for uh, civil rights, you know, political issues, of course, spiritual, if you in need, if you're hurt, uh, that should be a safe haven for somewhere for someone to run. When you see that cross, it just means safety and our churches should operate as such. And another thing on organization, not only is a bad witness for, for people outside the church, is a horrible witness. Like I said, it frustrates those who want to do things decently in order inside the church. And it also, uh, what's the word? Um, it not um, disenchants the youth. Mm -hmm. How that's a horrible example for children. Who would want to continue to be a part of that? As soon as I get grown, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Have mercy. Very true. And I like what you said about that, especially the children, because. We don't often pay close enough attention to what the children are seeing us do. And we just want to say to the kids, do as I say, not as I do. But that doesn't work. It never has worked because we see, first of all. So if we see you doing a terrible job and that's what we're going to uh, remember. And even though you can say, hey, do a better job than this. Yeah, but we see you doing a terrible job. So that's what I'm going to uh, 
kind of lean towards. And then, like you say, when they don't want to come back to church, then we want to jump on them and get mad. But they had a terrible example. You know, they didn't enjoy themselves at church. They were always being punished. Uh, whatever activities or organizations were there were terrible and didn't really plan ahead. So, yeah, we can't always blame the young people for when they leave church. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say, you know what, we didn't give our best efforts to what right. God asked us to do. And, and don't forget, the devil always makes sure you, you have a good time on the front end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Lord, we should, the devil, the world should not be able to compete with what the church has to offer. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That, that's the ideal situation, isn't it? And uh, we were talking today about how the world has people fooled into thinking that what the world considers fun and right and the best thing to do is at odds with what God considers uh, right and the best thing to do. So we do have to be careful and and also, you mentioned about being a witness to the community, a place that they know they can go for certain uh, services, for Bible study, for uh, food and clothing and shelter. And yeah, that's the whole point of building churches, you know, many small churches in the neighborhoods that people can look at that church and it's a witness for Christ. So again, even the, the church structure itself is a witness. So if your church is all faded and needs paint and the gutters are falling off. That's a terrible witness for Christianity. But if you take good care of your church and keep it in good shape on the outside and the inside, then people can say, wow, you know, there's something to this Christianity thing. Look at how well they take care of their property. Look how kindly they treat each other. Look how they love the community and, and other people. And I take it a step further, mm -hmm. and I'll take this from when Sister Morgan used to run the pantry, mm -hmm. and she ran it for years, and I didn't appreciate it until COVID <laughs> hit, and I joined that as a ministry. It was Lifesaver in more ways than one. There were more people from the community and other churches volunteering in that in that um, pantry than there were church members. Mm. When you service the community, the way the Lord wants us to service it, well, people will volunteer to yeah. cut your grass, to paint, to help you put the gutters, to clean the gutters and things like that because the church has blessed them. Mm -hmm. Excellent point. And that also applies to the church members. If your church members see that our church is moving, our church is providing for the community, our church is providing and blessing the members, then they that will also encourage the membership just as well as the per those who are in the community. And uh, another thing too about our churches in the community, we really need to be active in the community. You know, a lot of times we just want to get out there and, and uh, knock on door and say, hey, come to church. We have church. You need to be in church. They're not going to really respond to that, you know, but if you go out on other occasions and you hand out uh, gift cards for gas or you give out free haircuts, or you give people something, uh, some food or clothing or whatever, invite them to some concerts or some events and activities, then they'll be more likely to come to church with you. Because again, they see your witness. And we have to remember how Christ did it. He mingled with the people. So if we're in this neighborhood, we need to be mingling with the people in the neighborhood. Uh, Christ saw their needs. And uh, we need to look at what people really need in the community, not just push on them what we think they need. You know, we want to 
oh, we're having GED class, but you don't recognize that everybody in your community has advanced degrees already. They don't need a GED class. And then you overlook that the people need food and clothing and shelter. So we do want to, and then um, empathize with the people's situation, let them know that you're here to help and show them tangible assistance and um, you know whatever it might be, and then invite them to come and follow Christ. But sometimes we have it all backwards where we just want to go out and say, come to our service this week, you know, they're not going to come. You know, you have to do that. Like we talked about earlier, you have to have well-planned, well-organized efforts that God would be happy to bless. But I think sometimes we just want to throw anything together and say, the Lord's going to bless it. No, that ain't how it works. And, you know, Lee, I think, too, mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't even take um, handing out stuff to people. It's all about relationship. Mm -hmm. If you just go and meet people where they are and show them that you care about them, about their life, about what's going on in their lives, helping them. It doesn't always take giving them something, giving them money, giving them tangible things, but it's about relationship. You don't, you, you, when you like, for instance, your best friend, they didn't become your best friend because you were giving them stuff. They, they became your best friend because you were spending time with them. You know, you were talk, taking the time to talk to them, taking the time to spend some time with them. And so it's all about relationship. And we have to be willing to sacrifice our time for people, you know, and not be too busy. That's when people know you care about them. That's when people know that, that you know, what you're, what you're saying is what you mean. Excellent you know? point. Excellent points. Yeah, relationships where it all starts. And, you know, we have to remember relationship also starts in our families, too. Sometimes we just don't really connect with our immediate family members for whatever reason or relatives. And that's a mission field, too. You know, we don't want to neglect them. And meanwhile, we're all out in the streets talking to people we've never heard of before. But relationship is key. And our relationship with Christ is where it all starts. When we accept that Christ has done all these things for us, he gave his life for us individually, then we want to share that love with others because of that relationship. So yeah, a lot of times it's true, Karen, all people want is somebody to just acknowledge their presence and say, hello, how are you doing to them? Now we were just doing the, uh, suicide prevention conference and we, we were talking about how sometimes that's all people need is somebody to show them some kindness and some love that's all they need it's just one person to say hey everything's gonna be okay hey you know your family still loves you you know whatever and uh, Jesus loves you just yeah. something kind could help save a person's life and mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing that just a word of kindness can do so much so much so that it even saves lives. Now, also, you know, I had a friend at work when I used to work down at the phone cup, and I was talking to him. You know, we even did Bible studies together, and um, we talked about a lot of different things, and he was looking for a church home, and uh, I was talking to him, 
And he said, oh, yeah, I found a church home. And I was like, oh, well, that's good. I said, that's really nice. You found a church home. I said, what is it? Uh, he told me about the church. I said, what is it that caused you to really join that church? And he said it was because they had daycare for the kids. <laughs> you know, it was it wasn't that they gave them nothing. It's just that they had daycare for the kids. And that was where it started, was that they were providing something that he needed, something mm -hmm. that he desired. And that was enough for him to just come in and become part of their group. And then mm -hmm. hopefully it grows from there. You know, you just never know what would start it. Might just be saying, hi, how you doing? Might be that they got a daycare. Might be that you invite them to a concert. Might be that you hand them a piece of literature. It might just be that you let them go ahead of you in line at the supermarket. So you never know, like the song says, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. So mm -hmm. I want to remember, like you said, relationship. Let's practice building relationships. And um, the, the Church of Christ on Earth was organized for missionary purpose. That means we go out and tell people about Christ and spread the message of truth. And if your church is not doing some kind of mission, then you're not doing what God has us here for. If we have a lot of uh, large number in the church, then the members need to be formed in the companies to work not only for church members, but also for unbelievers. So don't just work in the church, but work outside of the church also. And don't just work outside of the church, but inside the church as well. Let me ask you this question. In terms of building a successful business, how important do you think discipline and order are? In terms of building a successful business, how important do you think discipline and order are? Extremely important. Why can't you do it without it? Because you'd have chaos. <laughs> you wouldn't have success. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what makes you so sure? Because you wouldn't know where you were headed, what direction, what focus. You wouldn't have focus. You wouldn't have direction. You wouldn't have anything. Yeah, they all go hand in hand. You have to be disciplined in terms of your habits, and you have to have order to your uh, company. Otherwise, as you said, chaos would ensue, and pretty soon the inmates will be running the asylum, so to speak. So discipline for yourself, first of all. You know, it means that, Sometimes there are things that I uh, need to do, but something else comes along that I would like to do. And your discipline has to say, wait a minute, we got to set priorities here. This is very important for us. Uh, that over there, that sounds like fun too, but what's most important? And I have to be disciplined enough to say, I'm going to leave that over there until I complete this over here, which is more important. Uh, many times my morning prayer is, Lord, help me to do that, which is important and not just urgent to be able to set priorities, you know, and don't just panic because somebody says I need this today. But what's more important on the in the priority list is what I'm going to do here. Project A going to benefit and uh, be a blessing more than this one over here that seems to be urgent. And you have to have discipline and order in order to make those choices. Otherwise, uh, you're just pretty much bailing water on a sinking ship. Sooner or later, the lack of discipline and order will catch up. So it's the same with our churches. 
we have to have discipline and order. A lot of times people in church just want to just want to do whatever they feel like and feel like the the persons in charge of the administration of the church should just let them do whatever they want. But that's not how it's going to work. You can do that and get away with it, but it's a sinking ship that you're on. And it's kind of sad, too, that sometimes things happen in church that call for discipline. And it's always tough, but it needs to be done in order to keep the ship moving forward. Otherwise, again, uh, we're not doing what God asked us to do, and that is mission work, evangelism, and reaching the community in the name of Jesus Christ. And as we said earlier, God is a God of order. Everything connected with him is in perfect order, subject to discipline, and uh, all those things have to happen. Success can only attend order and harmonious action, and God requires order and system in his work now, no less than he did in the days of Israel, so that all of us who are working with God to labor intelligently, not in a careless, haphazard manner, he wants his work to be done with faith and exactness, and then he'll place his seal of approval upon it, upon that. So we have to do our part as much as humanly possible to be disciplined and orderly, to uh, plan things out, to uh, work with God's Holy Spirit in terms of organization and planning, and then to give our best efforts, give our best efforts in whatever area our talents lie in to see that we are doing God's work in the community and truly being a lighthouse to everyone who sees it. And when we do that, God can place his seal of approval upon it. Uh, any final thoughts? Again, we're going to end early for the outreach program. Any final thoughts on discipline and, 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 or, and organization in the church? Don't feel bad if if uh, someone says, hey, let's do this, that, and the other, and then you step in advocating for discipline and order and planning and organization. Don't feel bad because people say, oh, you just slowing us down. You're just dragging us down. You're a wet towel or whatever. Stand up for what's right. God is a God of order. And no matter what we want to do, there's always a way to make it orderly, a way to make it uh, planned out and well thought out, and then for it to be a success. So um, we want to go ahead and close out with the word of prayer. Uh, Paula, would you mind closing us out with prayer, please? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for allowing us to see another Sabbath day to enjoy your, uh, and celebrate your blessed Sabbath that you have set aside for us just to focus on the things of God and do good in your name. Please forgive us for our many sins. We pray for wisdom and understanding and that you will order our steps. And as we go through the week, that we will represent you and, and live in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for attending. We certainly appreciate it. I know you could be doing other things. I do want to uh, look at that play this evening, so I'm going to make it a point to uh, remember to do that. Seems like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube, so you can catch it later. Oh, is it? Okay. I thought that's where they were showing it on YouTube, so I guess they'll tape it and you can just watch it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thanks. Be blessed. Okay, be blessed. Enjoy the rest of the set. Have a blessed week. Okay. Right. Okay.